0: We're the Valentins
1: And we are passionate about people.
0: Every human was created for fulfilling relational connection.
1: But that's not always what comes easiest.
0: We know this because of our wide range of personal experience as well as our years of working with people.
1: So we're going to crack open topics like dating, marriage, family, and parenting to encourage, entertain, and equip you for a deeply fulfilling life of relational
0: health. Welcome back, everyone, to Dates, Mates, and Babies. Golly, it's a great day here in Redding, California.
1: <laughs> it is. And
0: we're ready to go, excited to be with everyone, and uh, baby, you're looking great today.
1: Wow, thank you so much.
0: Yeah. I wish, uh, if we were recording, everyone could see, too, you know? Video, just, you mean? Yeah, just how beautiful you Well, are. I got my
1: hair done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all hey, we're we're diving into a bit of a niche topic today. So I realize that this episode, though interesting to all, will not be precisely applicable to all. But I think when we are talking about dates, mates, and emphasis on babies today, that this is a topic that oh my gosh, I kind of just want to climb up to the tallest peak and shout from the rooftops about postpartum preparation because of how unprepared I felt (laughs) in my first (laughs) postpartum season. And actually, Jay is the one that came up with this topic idea. Um, He recommended it, and I thought to myself, yes, we must. And if you could just help us by like, Share the love, spread the word. Mamas need to know what we are about to talk about today.
0: Oh, I feel like in my mind right now, and, and you're going to go, babe, what? But in my mind, we have ACDC playing in the background. Oh. Yeah. And like some thunderstruck or highway to hell. Like that's, I know I'm catching you off guard here, but that is a little bit what postpartum felt like for a minute. <laughs> just for a minute. <laughs> and so it's why I care so much about this topic and why I think it's so helpful is those early days, those early days yeah. of having babies. If you know what to do and you're ready and you're prepared, you can make it so much better.
1: Yeah, it's true. You know, I have, I have an amazing mom. she, raised three kids. So she had, you know, she gave birth three times. I'm surrounded by amazing women who most of them had, most of my closest friends had babies before I did. I am like on a church staff with tons of women who I'm, my point is it's not like I've been alone in the world, but somehow I managed to push a little baby out of my body brought her home and was in complete shock by how much it upended my emotional and physical world.
0: It's like women don't talk about this. Well,
1: I just don't know. And, and when I said, you know, I gave my friends a hard time, like, I'm sorry, why didn't anybody tell me X, Y, or Z? And most often people respond like, you kind of forget, you kind of forget. And honest to God, I'm kind of like, you don't forget. I don't forget. I'll never forget. Some of these memories are seared into my mind. And if that, if the reason that that is true for me is just so that I can share it with you today, I am glad because hopefully this will be helpful, especially, especially to some first time moms. I
0: will say though, babe, you do forget too.
1: I mean, we do, and that's what you makes us do. want to have more kids. Yes. I know, I know.
0: You're com- constantly reminding <laughs> you every time you say, that's like true. Oh, babe, we could have one okay, more. Okay, no. I'm like this is. Are you kidding me? I Are know. You- Are you paying attention to what what's happening right now? I know. I know. So take here's a sin, the babe. truth.
1: Here's the truth. Um, having babies is. I mean, we were designed for this: having and raising little ones, whether you birth them or adopt them or whatever. It is no joke, but we were created for it. It's just that if we're not prepared, it can really, really cause a ruckus. So I I want to say that being pregnant and having babies has been one of, it has actually been probably my favorite experience of life. So even though we're going to talk about some of the things that make it a challenge, It's not to say that it is an absolute joy. It is
0: Our honeymoon was my favorite experience of life.
1: Oh, well, that's where we differ. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so I want to talk about the fourth trimester for a minute. This is probably a familiar phrase to those of you that have had kids before, but I didn't know much about this. So um, as you probably know, there's three trimesters in a pregnancy, and uh, many cultures actually identify the fourth trimester as, you know, the baby is born and then you enter into a three month period of time that some people refer to as the fourth trimester. And a few things are important about that. Number one, um, bonding and building trust between the mother and the baby is the primary focus of the fourth trimester. What's really interesting to me about this fourth trimester is that, and I'm not gonna get the biology of it quite right, like the details are fuzzy, but um, for the newborn baby, there's a period of time right after birth where that baby doesn't actually have any sort of understanding that it is physically separated from its mother. So what's happening on a bonding level for that infant it's to the baby, it might as well still be on the inside of you. That's how dependent it is. That's how much it's expecting to be connected to you. There's, there's no awareness of that baby being a separate being in and of itself. Now for the mother, what happens in that fourth trimester, a lot of people actually describe that when a child is born, the mother is almost reborn into a new version of herself too. And I will attest that that is true. <laughs> Jason's laughing because he felt like he had two infants on his hands right at first oh, because we were re- both being born and discovering ourselves Born
0: into yourself. It's like when you're pregnant, you, your body changes so much. Yeah. And then you take this radical shift after you have the baby and your body is changing so much yeah. it's wild
1: yeah and then when that baby is born the idea that you could just go back to being who you were or being what you were beforehand is bananas i mean it just doesn't work so a lot of cultures and i think this is important because i don't know that we nail this in the us in fact i know that we don't a lot of cultures create space for this fourth trimester to to take place They make it much more conducive than we do in the United States. A lot of cultures call it a lying in period or a confinement period in, in like ancient cultures and probably not so ancient, like even in other parts of the world that are um, probably more like family oriented than we are in the U S moms will actually leave their home and all of their responsibilities and go live elsewhere for that fourth trimester where they're being taken care of by the other women in their family. They're not they're not having sex, they're not taking care of chores That's at home. Not they're helpful. not taking care of their other children. They're literally focusing their entire 3-month fourth trimester on bonding with that baby, sustaining that life and becoming that new version of herself. Now, I know most of us don't have the luxury of doing that, but I think it's a helpful mindset to have when you go into that um, postpartum season. Very important to remember that incredibly important things are happening in that season and you taking care of the priorities there and taking care of yourself inside of it really, really could probably be a game changer. Mm -hmm. Um, We wanna talk a little bit about some of the unforeseen challenges that I experienced, things that really took me off guard at the beginning. Now, I'm going to list them. And I want to state as a qualifier ahead of time that this is not everybody's experience no. and that the postpartum season, it can be a very beautiful very enjoyable time. In fact, I think that the more you're prepared and the more um, mentally set up for success you are, the more enjoyable it will be. And I know that to be true because when I had our second baby, Liam, I genuinely adored every moment of my postpartum season. Mm -hmm. I loved it. And I know that part of it was because of how much I learned the first time around and how much better I did at setting myself up for success. So that's just a a backdrop to say, I'm going to talk about unforeseen challenges. This is not to instill fear. This is not to say it's going to be horrible. These are just things that really took me off guard. I wish I had known ahead of time.
0: Well, I do also think that it wasn't that you didn't enjoy the time with Edie, that first one, you know, the first time around, because you really did. It was, it was just, there are a lot of things that were new and that caught you off guard and especially for your type of personality that was really challenging.
1: It, it was. And
0: so the second time around, when you know what's happening and you know how to plan for it, you're a planner. Yeah. And your structure, girl, really helps you out. So, yeah. all right, babe, take us into those.
1: Okay. So the first thing that, um, that took me off guard was uh, night three. Mm. <laughs> We're going to talk about night three. O-
0: old night three.
1: Old night three. So we had our babies in the hospital. It's just my way. And there is a euphoric bliss that happens after a baby is born and you're tired, yes, but you're on a high, quite literally a chemical high. Your hormones are coursing through your body. Those bonding agents are running rampant. You look at that little one and you think to yourself, I've never loved anything more in my life. This is actual heaven. I'm in heaven. And then, you know, in my case, the epidural wears off. (laughs) (laughs) again, not everybody's, not everybody's cup of tea, but your epidural wears off or, you know, you endure that first sleepless night. And by the second day you're like, okay, okay, I'm a little tired. Oh, interesting. You're sending us home. Fantastic. You're not going to be bringing me my meals in bed anymore. Oh shoot. Okay. My friend Claire and I have this affinity for our hospital where we birth our babies. And we joke about how when we drive through town, we see the hospital on the hill and we kind of get butterflies in our stomach because to us, there's nothing better than going to a hospital to have your baby and then having the nursing staff take care of you afterwards. It's, it is its form of heaven. So (laughs) that ends and they send you home. And then, uh, thank you. Shout out to Erica Jones, my one friend who did warn me about night three. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes this happens. I looked it up afterwards. This is a really common experience. So sometime between night two and night three of having your precious newborn baby, a lot of wild things happen. Your baby's trying to discern night from day. Mm -hmm. There's an awareness that's coming to them of um, circadian rhythms and they're establishing like, where am I and what are we doing and what is that sunlight? They're trying to figure out night from day, which is very confusing for them. Your milk is coming in, so that's huge. So yeah. your 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 breasts are engorged. That can be a pretty painful experience. Um, your baby has been feeding off of you. If you're breastfeeding, your baby has been feeding off of you for a couple of days, so your nipples are
0: sore. I mean, they okay. could be torn They're
1: ravaged.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and you are. You're recovering. So whether you gave birth vaginally or whether you had a C-section, those are the only two options. And either way, you are definitely in recovery mode. So there's a lot going on in your body. Also, your hormone dumping. Did you know that was a thing? I didn't. Okay. So hormone dumping, your body is literally flushing out all of these hormones and replacing them with the ones that you need in order to feed your baby and to recover from pregnancy. And so night sweats are happening. You're literally, you know, I'm sweating through my PJs and my sheets multiple times a night, sweating profusely. So
0: milking through your milking through
1: everything. I mean, it's just wet and it's tired and it's painful and the baby's not sleeping and so that is a recipe for some high stress it can be very stressful so night 3 is a thing now we're going to we're going to talk about tips for setting yourself up for success so this is what it was like for me to be a little taken off guard you know um night three is a thing so your spouse being ready for you in night three to take that baby and tell you it's gonna be okay and give you a dry clean pair of PJs, you know to hand over the ibuprofen when you need it. Mm-hmm. all of these things are majorly important. but just know cooling pads. Night three is a thing and the morning will
0: come. Yeah,
1: I feel like that's huge. Um, the other thing that I would I would say, Is that uh, I was really taken off guard the first time I birthed a baby by the grief and the loss that I felt on night three (laughs) specifically. (laughs) I remember distinctly, uh, let me paint a picture for you and Jay can paint his side of the picture. But I remember, you know, 10 PM coming around on night three and you just want to sleep. You want to, but the baby's crying she had some gas going on they're figuring so many things out those sweet babies they are just figuring it out she is crying and crying and Jay is holding her and I'm laying in bed sobbing and I'm looking at the two of them I'm looking at my husband here's the truth I was looking at my husband and I was thinking to myself when will I have him back When will I have him to myself again? I do not know. And then I just remember bursting into tears and shouting out at Jay. And I just said, I'm so sorry. I think I've ruined our life. I remember feeling like um, I was the one that so desperately wanted this baby. I couldn't wait to be pregnant. I couldn't wait to birth Edie. I was just so excited for this new chapter. And then all of a sudden, I was in the middle of this moment of grief where I, I literally felt like I saw my old life where I had tons of freedom, I had a lot of sleep, I had unlimited access to my husband, I had countless hours of time for my big kids. We had this whole beautiful life that was in the rear view mirror and I could see it slipping away and there was, there was no coming back. There was no going back. And now I had this baby who may or may not ever sleep in her entire life. She might cry until she's 18 years old. I'm stuck. I cannot give her back. What have I done? I'm so sorry. I have lost, I have given up our old life and I apologize. And this was just a teary, wild moment. But now, I mean, I know now that had a lot to do with those hormones that were coursing through my body. It had a lot to do with, sleep deprivation, which was real. It had a lot to do with being in physical pain. I'd had some pretty significant tearing my first, um, my first I time.
0: Just, even when you say that, I just like, ugh.
1: oh yeah. I mean, it was a whole package deal. So, you know, but what, when I talked to moms across the board, moms that loved their postpartum season, moms that had a hard time, maybe moms that suffered from some postpartum depression, it is a very common experience for first-time moms to feel a sense of grief mm-hmm. over losing the life they had because you really do, you really are born into a new person when you have that baby.
0: Yeah, and I and I think just knowing ahead of time that what's happening, that it's not going to stay like this forever, that you're just in a little moment, it, that's the key, right? That's so, the game changer, yeah. Yeah, is I remember you crying in saying oh babe i'm like i'm so sorry i i ruined our life and i just thought to myself like i remember i laughed a little bit and just as far as i know i just was like oh babe you didn't ruin our life like this is the best thing ever i just know that you're really tired and yeah, you haven't slept and exactly you're all tore up and you know mm-hmm. figuring out the breastfeeding was a real challenge yep and so all that stuff made it really hard like knowing that there's an end to all of that was, is the key. Absolutely. You're going to get through it. Absolutely. So for all those husbands out there, <laughs> soon to be dads, it's like, Hey, you're going to get through it. This is yeah. okay. That's where you bring your strength yeah. and really show up. Yeah. Not even solving it, just being mm-hmm. there with her in it.
1: Yep. A couple other things real quick that really took me off guard. Um, the physical recovery, was really real. Like I had mentioned, I had some tearing, but, um, second time around, I really, I was, I actually didn't tear the second time around, which made all the difference in the world. But I will say I've had, um, I've learned since that, that lying in period initially after having a baby, if you can stay in bed for like as long as possible and physically recover you'll recover so much quicker. And I just didn't think I realized that I tried quickly to like be able to go on family walks and things. And you're doing
0: jumping jacks day too. Oh no. (laughs) Oh my word. I
1: was sitting, you know, you know, those, um, nursing pillows, boppies. Yeah. Well, I didn't use it for nursing. I had to sit on it because I needed a donut to sit on because I was so sore. (laughs) Anyways, breastfeeding was also surprisingly challenging. I, I feel like, you know, you have a baby your milk comes in it's the most natural thing in the world for a woman to be able to breastfeed her children and although Edie had a really good latch i found learning to breastfeed to be really challenging and we actually got some lactation consultant help multiple times and i went through a process of learning what worked for us and i was surprised by how hard and painful that was at first and I just didn't know. I think that's something well, for Well, part of it is like I'd
0: walk in and you'd be holding Edie completely upside down, trying to, like you didn't even know how to hold oh the Oh my baby.
1: gosh, now he's making jokes. I am. Not true. No, um, but it was
0: really helpful for us to go together to, I was going to say that, to the lactation consultant. Because yes. there was a lot of times when you needed a partner to help you work through what was happening. Mm-hmm. And I will say that as much as the man can be a part of the early stage you're gonna the woman will not feel so alone and scared and isolated and so i went to as much stuff as possible and to help problem solve because sometimes like it really was hard the bit the latching and 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 re getting her to relatch and then problem solving what's happening Mm -hmm. like we i spent a lot of time with you helping me next to you helping you
1: yeah you did you sure did um this The next thing I'll say is um, I was shocked by my capacity for life draining out the window. Like I'm a pretty high functioning person. I like my to-do lists. I enjoy being productive. And I was absolutely blown away by how little capacity I had after Edie was born. And um, I spent the better part of the first year wondering if i was ever going to be productive again in my life and that was a real challenge i think it can be more challenging for certain personalities um people that are more go with the flow and you know i think that the struggles are different but for me and for anybody wired for productivity i think it was really helpful to learn by experience that yeah your capacity for a lot of life does go out the window And in that first year of a baby's life, there are other priorities. And you really can't run at the same pace that you used to run, and you don't need to. There's room for adjustment. Um, It was also very helpful to discover by experience that your capacity does return, that it isn't forever, and that it might feel initially like you'll never be able to complete a a household task again. But... Your capacity returns.
0: Well, I think just the sleep deprivation alone for any person, whether you had a baby or not, would lower your capacity a ton. Oh yeah. And we don't really think about how much that's affecting us because when you first have a baby, you're waking up like every two hours. And so when the baby sleeps those four hour stretches, moms are like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I'm sleeping four hours. (laughs) But if you think about it, like if you only sleep a four hour stretch in a night, like you're hammered. You're, yeah, you're not like at, at full, you're not at your best. Yeah. Full function, you know, cognitively. So uh, we do underestimate like how hard that is yeah. on somebody's body.
1: Yeah. Um, I want to, okay. So yeah, that's my, like, there's probably 10 more things, but that's my short list of the things that took me off guard in our postpartum season. Um, I want to jump down to, uh, Actual tips for success, because there's a lot of things that I think Jay and I learned in our um, postpartum season with Edie that we implemented in our second with Liam that made a world of difference. And the first thing that I would say is that Jay and I really we learned how to be a team the first time that we had a baby together. We really learned how to be a team. And I will say we had three kids by the time we had Edie. So we had done eight years mm-hmm. of parenting together, living together, working together. And somehow y'all, it wasn't until we had this baby together that I feel like we really figured out how to be a team. Yeah, I think that's one of the most beautiful benefits of having children. It does something to your marriage. You have an opportunity to be a teammate with your spouse. Like you've not needed before and it was amazing. So there were a lot of things I'll let him speak to that he did primarily that lent itself to us becoming a really awesome team.
0: Well, to me the for starters like I really wanted to know how to take care of the baby. And so we we learned that together. We watched some some courses that really helped us. Even learning how to swaddle the baby was a big thing. You know, I had remembered my dad always says like, I didn't know how to change the diaper. Like he tells a story about taking my sister Jamie over to the neighbors when she pooped her <laughs> diaper because my mom was gone because he, you know, he didn't know how to change the diaper and it grossed him out. We and, should make him
1: change Liam's diaper yeah, we should. just so that he can say he's done it.
0: Yeah. But again, the challenge with that is whatever, if you can't help, if you don't know what's going on, then. You know it's hard to be a partner and so just learning the basics of how to swaddle the baby and getting a bunch of different types of swaddles to find out which ones you really like like we like the stretchy ones um (laughs) they're really helpful and then two i think one of the things that i could do because i can't feed the baby because the baby has to breastfeed and so there are lots of nights where it wasn't actually even helpful for me to be up at night um but what I could do is I could be up in the morning, and so I'm up in the morning, and I'm making you breakfast. Mm-hmm. So I made you breakfast like every day, and I would get really creative. At least I'd try to get creative mm-hmm. with the different type of bagels and bagel <laughs> toppings. And there was a whole season where I'd run. Th- I'd bring you like a a bagel with peanut butter and strawberries on top, with some blueberries on top of the strawberries, and then maybe I'd bring you a, a savory one on the yes, on another plate. It was very sweet. Mm-hmm. He had to
1: get creative with my breakfast because another thing that took me off guard was Edie was sensitive to eggs in my breast milk yeah. and I was an egg eater. So I had to figure out how to eat new kinds of breakfast. So Jay got really creative and he was so sweet. He would bring me breakfast almost every day.
0: Yeah. I think becoming really competent at the schedule and the plan, like really understanding how, when the baby eats, when the baby needs to to um, burp, when the baby needs to sleep, how to put the baby to sleep, you know all those things I became really good at. So mm-hmm. that again, if you wanted to sleep or if you needed sleep, I'm actually an asset. Yep, I can I can do all of those things. And then to me, another big thing was sometimes I would figure out a way to put Edie to sleep. That worked better than what you had known, and yeah. they they change and grow. Like every week, they something's different, and what they liked, you know, week one is different than what they like week three. Oh yeah, and so we were constantly sharing tips back and forth. Like, oh babe, I put her in her swing today, and I was able to like just get her to go initially to sleep, and then transfer her to her crib. Or, you know, <laughs> like those were things that we shared back and forth a lot. That was really helpful um, you know, as a dad coming in. yeah,
1: Yep. The more you can feel like a team and the less isolated the mom feels, the better. And simultaneously, the less the dad feels like an outsider, the better. Mm -hmm. Just teamwork makes the dream work. I feel like that could be a whole That should be like the tagline of our podcast. I feel like we talk about teamwork all the time, but it's just true. Okay. So the next tip is actually my passion point. (laughs) I think that I'm wired so aesthetically that how my environment feels matters to me so much. This isn't the same for every woman, but this is Lauren Ballatin's number one passion point when it comes to postpartum, is actually setting up your space. So um, I learned this after having Edie, and with Liam, I really... I really focused on this a lot. And I remember having a conversation with Jay where he was kind of questioning some of the things that I was doing in our bedroom. I was rearranging furniture. I'm like hugely pregnant. I remember being like eight months pregnant and I'm like, babe, I need you to come in here. I need you to move this dresser over to this wall. And he's like, why, what are you doing? You need to stop trying to lift these heavy things. What are you doing woman? And I'm telling him like, I'm setting up the sanctuary, babe. I'm (laughs) setting up the sanctuary. I need you to trust me on this. Um, I moved a dresser in front of a window and he was like, you can't put a dresser in front of the window. And I looked at him and I was like, yes I can doing it. because I have to fit the changing table, the rocking chair and the bassinet into this space in the room. And he's like, why do we have to put it there? Why can't we put it over there? And I'm like, listen to me, I'm setting up my sanctuary. Mm-hmm. How this room feels is so important to me. So making your room a sanctuary is a big deal. It needs to be a place that you like to go. I just had coffee with a friend of mine who's about to be a first time mom, not that long ago. And I told her, your bedroom should be a place that you really like to go because you're gonna be living there for the better part of the first two, three weeks a month. You're gonna be in your room so much, you need to love it. So if you don't love it now, Give it a refresh, organize it, get rid of the clutter. There's a thing, I mean, nesting, if you're pregnant, you already know there's like a instinct that comes where you just want to create a space. This is part of it, decluttering, organizing, making your room feel aesthetically pleasing. Do what you can to rearrange and make it feel good. Really big deal. I love to suggest, here's my top suggestions, a very comfortable chair beside your bed where you can do your breastfeeding. Um, I know moms sometimes breastfeed or bottle feed in bed. I found it really helpful to have to get up out of bed and go feed the baby. Um, It made it feel way, well, it was for starters much more comfortable for me to sit and feed rather than to lay down and feed. But the other thing was... um, Something about getting your feet on the floor and out of bed helped me be alert enough to feed the baby that it didn't feel like I was so groggy and could barely move. Um, but having a really comfy chair to sit in was huge. Um having a Okay, this is this is a funny suggestion, but there's noise machines, which we just really found that we liked using noise machines to help our baby's brains um, cue bedtime. They just catch on really quick to different cues that trigger like, oh, this is sleep time. My brain knows I'm I'm going to sleep now. So a noise machine was one of those that we always used. I found a noise machine that also has a nightlight on it. And I loved it because I could turn the nightlight on and have a little bit of light while Jason slept and feed the baby and didn't feel like I was stumbling around in the dark. Having the chair, the nightlight, and my bedside table really within, like, within reach was huge for me.
0: Honestly, even when I go and sleep other places now, I turn on white noise on the phone sometimes. It's funny how you get used to it. Yeah, the noise machine's key.
1: Super funny how you get used to it. Okay, Um, with regards to making your room a sanctuary, I would set up new little rhythms for that first month that you're home with a new baby where your room isn't your main workspace. So like, for example, I'll often like fold laundry in our room. That's just like where I do our laundry. And for the first month, Doing that kind of housework elsewhere is a huge part of keeping your room clean and uh, helping it feel like a sanctuary. So find other places besides your bedroom to do your household chores. Okay, a couple other things. You need a bathroom spa caddy. And I call it a spa because you just need to know that there are supplies as a postpartum mom that you should have that are just going to make your life easier. These things include breast pads. They include ice packs for your underwear. If you've given birth vaginally, all the things that make taking care of your body postpartum easier to reach. I literally went to home goods, bought a three tiered caddy, put it by the toilet, made it look pretty. And something about that just helped me when I'm you know, This is TMI for all the people that have not av- had babies yet or the dudes that are listening. But gosh, those ice pack pads in that first week, they are a game changer. Yeah. And something about just seeing those things sitting on my little spa caddy by the toilet, I just felt like relief was in reach and it helped me out. Um,
0: is there like a specific brand of ice pack like... That you used.
1: Well, yeah, Frida brand postpartum products are probably my favorite. They're a little expensive, but I found them to be worth it. Put it on your baby registry. Have All people right. buy it for you. Um, two more things water. Shocking how much water you drink when you're in that postpartum phase. Thirsty. So, so, so thirsty. So, having tons of water beside your bed. Also, this is huge. This was huge for me with Liam. And I I don't know, like not everybody gets into this. So this is just a free tip out there for anybody. If it resonates, great. I actually found a show on Netflix that I loved watching and I only watched it in the middle of the night. Mm -hmm. So it was something Mm -hmm. that I looked forward to doing in the middle of the night when i had to be up feeding the baby i knew that my friends on friday night lights were waiting for me so that was the show that i picked i like totally went back in time and watched the entire i don't know it was like 7 seasons of yeah. friday night lights and i watched it in the middle of the night for months it took me probably 2 2 or 3 months to watch all of the episodes and something about having that to look forward to in the middle of the night when i was feeding the baby It was amazing. Now, some people can't watch TV in the middle of the night because they'll never go back to sleep. I'm not one of those people. So take it or leave it, but I really enjoyed that. And then in the first week of that baby's life specifically, I think having different options for sleep to help the baby sleep is huge. So, you know, maybe they're going to like the bassinet, maybe they'll actually just like the crib. Maybe they like different kinds of swaddles better than others. If if you're Liam, you don't like the swaddle at all and all of a sudden you're just having to figure things out as you go. But, you know, maybe the baby doesn't love sitting in the bouncer, but the baby loves the swing. So having a few options and I just I recommend now to people that they don't buy those things that they just borrow as much as they can or buy it on Facebook marketplace. Cause you don't actually know what your baby's going to mm-hmm. like, but it's great to have options that first week, because if you are having trouble helping the baby sleep one way, then you've got this other thing to try. I just really like options. So yeah. guys, those are my setting up your postpartum space recommendations. Those are my best recommendations. You did a really good job with that. I feel like we should probably do this again, like have another baby just because we've gotten really good at it. No,
0: no, 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 you are good.
1: (laughs) Okay, a couple other quick things before we wrap up. Just uh, tips for postpartum success, babe.
0: Yeah, I think meal prepping can be huge, right? Like there's lots of different uh, meals that are really great once they're uh, thawed. And the more you have meals prepped, just the less work you're going to have to do. I also think like the meal train carried us so far. That that train was was massive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having someone set it up for you and then being realistic about it, I think I remember, um, I can't remember if it was Edie or Liam, but I remember instead of having them come every night, they were giving us such big meals that we were doing it every other night. Yeah. To stretch that out as well. Yeah. And so we had so many leftovers. It was like I
1: always suggest that. The meal train every other night is amazing.
0: Yeah. And so that was like so helpful because you're recovering and honestly, I'm tired and I don't want to cook any meals. And so I think we probably had <laughs> meals for like a month or a oh yeah. yeah. It was
1: amazing. And it definitely wasn't with Edie because we had Edie during COVID. So we actually didn't have oh, a meal train. Right. That was, was so, so sad. Dumb.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was really dumb. Um Making sure that you just have a good community around you, you know, I think. Especially if you don't
1: live with family, around family.
0: Yeah, for dads and moms, like, you got to be able to get out and do some stuff too. Because you really can stay in the house forever. And it's nice to, like, be able to get out for a little bit, kind of conquer and divide. You know, I'll take the baby while you go for a walk. And, you know, you take the baby while I go hang out with some friends. Like, that. That part, so you're not just doing baby, no sleep, you know, meal train eating um is was really helpful. And then to me, making sure that you're dividing the housework so that you're being flexible in both it's kind of like that new season in your life where gosh, what you used to do, babe, like you can't really do anymore. Mm-hmm. And I've got full time work. So we have to reprioritize what our priorities to us in if you can't afford to have a cleaner come in, then you know some things aren't going to get done, and some things are going to get done, and we just have to decide who's going to do what. And so that real clear communication between couples to really talk through, like, hey, who's going to do the laundry, and who's going to do the cooking, and who's going to do, you know, the sweeping, and all that stuff, is is really really helpful. Um, we also had, you know with Liam, we had Edie. And so it wasn't like you could just stay and not do anything. No. With, with Edie, you could pretty much focus a hundred percent of your time on Edie and yeah. I could too. And so everything was different. You know, we really had to divide and conquer how we gave attention to both Edie and Liam mm-hmm. when, when we had two kids. And that was just a, really a matter of talking and scheduling and being attentive to what she needs because we brought this new baby in the world and now she's a little bit jealous she wants attention and so doing a great job to introduce her to the baby and allow her to hold him and allow her to help throw the diaper away and give her tasks to do to feel like Liam is this new baby is like a fun thing and and an asset like that was all that stuff I think was was really really helpful oh yeah you know, bringing a new baby into the world. Yeah,
1: for sure. For sure. Um, You know, you've said it a few times, babe, since we've been chatting, but just, just knowing that the postpartum season has its purpose and it has an end is really the main thing. So understanding that all of the hard moments with the baby are for the purpose of bonding and building connection. Yeah. All of the, um, the you know, the need to rest and recover is all about prioritizing being present rather than productive. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that are challenging about the postpartum season really cause you to be in the moment. And it's really hard to be anywhere else besides right where you're at. You're, you're vulnerable physically, you're vulnerable emotionally. It's a real pull to connection with your spouse. And it's a real opportunity to build incredible teamwork because you need each other in different ways than you need each other when you don't have a newborn. So yeah, yeah the purpose in the postpartum season is pretty profound, honestly. And um, and knowing that it's going to end one day and that you will find your capacity again and that you will establish rhythms that work for you as a family. Um, you're not always gonna be so tired. You're not always gonna be so sore. Uh, it's not always gonna feel so new. Just knowing, and I'll tell you what, all of that made such a world of difference for me the second time around. Like I said, I can honestly tell you that I enjoyed every day of my postpartum season with Liam. I loved his newborn His newborn phase, was so enjoyable for me. And a lot of that had to do with my expectations going in and the way that we set ourselves up for success. Yeah. So hopefully this is helpful, you guys. Yeah. Again, a niche topic for those of you listening that uh, will find this helpful you know who you are and we see you and having babies is no small thing. So hopefully this is helpful.
0: Well, here's the thing. Everyone knows somebody who is going to have a baby. Oh yeah. And so, man, go ahead and just share this podcast with Share them. it. Set Spread them up for the success. the word. Yeah. Um, we would love it if you would leave a review, if you would like it, if you would comment on this stuff. And um, subscribe to our podcast. Guys, thank you so much for spending the last, I don't know, 45 minutes with (laughs) us hanging out. We appreciate you so much. We do have a marriage intensive that's going to come out uh, soon. We're going to start registration pretty soon. We don't have an exact date, but we just wanted to throw that out there and, and get you guys thinking about that. But other than that, have an incredible week. We will see you next week.